Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy interview day. My name is Jessica Matlin. Hi, welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jen Sullivan. This next guest needs no introduction. Laura Mercier, legend, icon, words that are often thrown at people who are not. I mean, I'll allow it. I will allow it in this case. (laughs) Laura is... Fairy godmother Everything. of like every complexion makeup product that you've ever loved yes. in the last 25 years. Yeah, I mean, Laura really invented the complexion category. She is one of the kindest makeup artists I think I've ever met. A good soul. I think you're all going to love her. Just as a little brief reminder, if you're not familiar with Laura Mercier, she's a celebrity makeup artist who launched her eponymous line in 1996. So you'll hear about her early career. We got some we got some behind the scenes on set gossip about Stephen Mizell, not gossip, just how a creative genius works. We talked about her longtime client Madonna, but really, I mean, this is for, to introduce you to the woman behind that name that's on those products in your bag. She's a legend and that oil-free tinted moisturizer, that secret camouflage you know what it is. You know you use it. <laughs> you know you use it. You know you use it. Here's the woman. You love it. You live it. You're going to love her too. Let's let's just get into it. Here's Laura. Laura Mercier, welcome to Fat Mascara. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. This is major. 
so major. Your career is legendary. You're an icon, and we want to talk about it a little bit. So, you know, we do our research here at Fat Mascara. I know you went from being a 17-year-old student at art school in Paris, and then less than 10 years later, you're launching American L in New York City, doing test shoots, finding the models. How did that happen? It seems quick to me. Was it? Did it feel quick to you? Take us through your career path. Yeah, It was quicker than that, actually. I left Paris. I was 24 years old with the team of Elle magazine when they wanted to launch Elle magazine in America, the American Elle. So that's when I first came to New York and got to feel the energy and uh, the city and thinking, hey, I would love to spend some time in New York. So once I came once, twice with Elle magazine, I found an agent and was done. And basically I've been living for 38 years in New York City. But you were... So at 24, you were already an established makeup artist? I was a young makeup artist. I was working a lot for Elle and Marie Claire at the time because they, they're very uh, sectaire in France. You know, they have their team. So those who are working for Marie Claire don't work for Elle magazine and vice versa. So, <laughs> But I happened to work a little bit for Marie Claire as well. I was an Elle girl first, to, to be honest. Yeah. And it was a great learning experience. But... Yes, I was an established makeup artist, but of course, still tons to learn. So I was happy to really make my marks in another country. Yeah. And I think of you as a New York City girl. I was just reading this New York Magazine story about the it girls of the 80s and 90s. And I was looking at some of the women and I was like, Laura was probably there doing their makeup then, like the late 80s, early 90s. What was the scene like? Were you going out to clubs, having fun with all the models? Oh my God, you would be uh, so bored with me because I actually, I was the the non-conformist girl working in fashion, meaning the only thing that I was obsessed with was my job and make sure that I felt good and happy and energetic to do my job. So not going out, not taking drugs, not smoking, not drinking. I mean, literally. So I gave my entire life into makeup uh, from day one. This is the type of girl I was, the way I was brought up. I was not a go out girl, first of all. Was not my thing, never been. So I preferred go back to my home apartment and see a good movie or read a good book. They said, and so, so boring, but I was very content with that. (laughs) And I could arrive. I was always on time at the job when everybody else didn't care and arrive at just any time and be completely tired and exhausted because they had spent the night out. I was always fresh and up and running. That was me. And I really built my career that way. All it the served time. you, didn't it? I'm sorry? It, I said it served you, didn't it? Didn't it? It worked to your advantage. I guess so. I mean, it, it's not a guarantee because you're a boring girl, you're going to get a, a great career for sure. But yeah. one thing is that uh, <laughs> my ethic... <laughs> if only. <laughs> my, my ethic of working was really, I'm asked a performance, I'm asked to do something, I'm going to do the best I can, and I'm going to give my all. So it's always been my principle in life, always in everything I did, no matter what. And and I had fun. I had fun in the studio. I mean, I remember with Steven Meisel, the 10 years with Steven Meisel were, oh my God, exhausting, but 
the best learning experience. Why was it exhausting? Because Stephen, if he doesn't have his picture, you hear there at 1.30 in the morning, still looking at Polaroid, basically. And you got to stay until the picture is really got. But the creative energy is absolutely amazing. Since, since we are a, an audio podcast, and I don't know if everyone listening can picture a Stephen Miza, or, or just kind of paint the picture for us, because this is very romantic. This is very romantic to me. Like, I just like, I'm loving this. I'm loving talking to you. I'm loving this whole moment that you're, that you're painting. Give us like one of your favorite Stephen Mizell shoots that had you up till like one in the morning. It would be the Vogue, obviously. At the time we were doing uh, the covers for Vogue. So it would be the content inside where a fashion spread would have to be done uh, the right way, the way Stephen had it in mind. And everybody was, everybody's always on the creative bridge where everybody must give an idea and must participate so Stephen can have his team, can trust his team to do the job. And we had some challenging moments, obviously. We had s- s- good laugh. I mean, like, it, it, like, he's a funny guy. He's so smart. He's such a genius person. So hardworking, though. So you know when you enter the studio, but you don't know when you actually leave the studio. At the same time, you are embarking on the same boat of creativity. So you find yourself not waiting on the side like, okay, let's wait until he knows exactly what he wants to do. It's like you think, you search, you try. I mean, sometimes you try several things and we change and and it's just a creative pot. It's like, it's just creative pot of genius. I mean, this photographer in particular, I have always dreamt of working with Stephen Meisel since an early age in my career. And you can't come into the studio of Stephen Meisel if he doesn't choose you. I mean, it doesn't happen like that. You don't send the book and, okay, so let's take this makeup artist. He chooses you, and then it's, it's, it's a family thing. If he, trusts, if he trusts you, if he likes you, you're on board, but you'd better perform. It's not about you. It's about sharing the creativity and at the same time learning because he's a great teacher. I mean, he's like, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's difficult to describe. It's really a moment of pure creati- creative fashion. This is why you didn't go out. Yeah, you couldn't be coming in hungover to the Stephen Mizell shoot. No, and that's interesting. You're not just waiting for him to be like, I'm thinking like a nude face and... I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with a nude face, but it's not you're waiting. You're not waiting for direction or just giving your one idea and going with it. I'm going to tell you something. He actually taught me how to work for black and white picture because the makeup is very different when you work for black and white Mm -hmm. picture. The technique is different. Sometimes he would come in the makeup room and I mean, at the the early years I was with him, he would take the, uh, he's a great artist as, as well. And it would take the pencil and it would draw an eyebrows. It would say, okay, this is something I love. You know, do it stronger. I mean, uh, uh, what do we do with our eyebrows? Look at that. I mean, could we go there? And, and, and he's with you. He's literally with you creating. And he shows you. He knows about makeup. He knows about technique. He knows about hair. He knows about clothes. He knows about everything. He lives and breathes fashion. This person is a true fashion genius. 
the, the best I'd ever seen. Laura, he would pick up your tools and do the makeup sometimes a little bit? Yeah, just show me like how he wants the brow. And we said, okay, I get it. And you'd perfect it. Yeah, no, he would, he would do it perfectly. I mean, he, this, oh. this man could have been a makeup artist, literally. Okay. Actually, he went to art school himself. I mean, he, he, he is very talented, still working. We never see him. He's very shy. He's very private. You don't see him. But boy, he is a power of genius in the fashion industry. Yeah. And you you and that team created some amazing images then. I know you were working so much with the models and everything, but you sort of, your career then shifted. You started doing like Madonna, Julia Roberts, Sarah Jessica Parker, a lot of these celebrities. Did that come from your fashion work or was it part of your well, fashion actually, work? Well, actually, Stephen is the one who told Madonna about me. And I said, Stephen, never. It won't happen. Why? Because I was scared. I was shy. I was not an outgoing person. I had to have people who trusted me. I had to have a comfortable environment to be myself. I was not like, oh, I want to do that star and then I'm going to become famous. And I didn't want to become famous at all. I wanted to be quiet in my corner, be the best I could at doing what I wanted. But please don't look at me. Don't ask me. No, no, no. I'm not doing this star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard she's difficult. That was me. So when she said, you are doing Madonna, I said, no, Stephen, I'm not doing Madonna. I said, you are doing Madonna. It went on and on like that until (laughs) I said, okay, Laura, if you want to pass over this fear, you're going to have to confront your fear. And it's okay. It's not life and death. If she hates you, if she rejects you, then be it. So I went and I met with her. And from that moment... I really fell in love with her because of her creative inspiration, because of her energy. She's very smart. I mean, she's very provocative in the interview because she doesn't let a lot of who she is inside, but she's a super smart woman and very creative. Because she doesn't let a lot of herself of who she is inside show? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's very protective of herself and, and, and her world, even though she seems absolutely like an exhibitionist. I mean, she has both side in, in, in her creativity, coming from her education, coming from what she wanted, everything that she wanted to do as a creative person when she was young. Whatever she became is her own trajectoire. What did you just say? Trajectory. Trajectory. Sorry. Thank you, Jenna. Okay. I went back to France. I'll provide translation. It's fine. (laughs) Jen's doing her, what is our sponsor again? Babble. I have a language learning app. It's really working. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but what does it mean? A, char- a character? No, trajectory of her, oh, her, her trajectory. career path. Oh, yeah. That's okay. right. Okay. In the intimacy, when you know the real woman, I mean, I adored her. I mean, really, I had no ever any issue with her whatsoever. It's been like eight years of perfect coordination, communication, very demanding. It was perfect for me. One day I arrived five minutes late. We were in London and everybody, all the team was sitting in the corridor waiting for me. Five minutes late. I have never been late in my life. And she looked at me and she said, that's the last time. And I looked at her and said, sure, it's the last time, promise. And from that point on, it said it all. I mean, you had to be bad. 
the beauty of her was the respect she has for the creative people around her, saying hello to all the technicians, being super pro. Super pro is what I loved also doing with her. Not only creative, but very respectful. So she would say, okay, Laura, how long are you going to do, how long do you need for the makeup? I mean, of course, we would have seen what kind of makeup, everything would have been uh, organized in advance. And I would say, okay, I need uh, an hour and a half. And you better say the right thing because it's an hour and a half and not an hour and 45 (laughs) minutes. But just because everything is organized around her, of course, at that point. But she knew I wanted to be quiet. I'm not like the bubbly makeup artist, you know, talking about everything as I'm doing my thing. It's like I like to be with a quiet around and, and very zen and concentration on doing it perfectly and staying on time. So everybody out, we close the makeup room. She's in the chair. She doesn't talk. And she gives me her face for an hour and a half entirely with no moving around whatsoever. That was absolutely brilliant. But this is the way she works. I like that way of working. I've worked with other celebrity, which is a zoo. It's a complete zoo. You work days and nights. You don't know when you're going to be finishing. You're exhausted. You have the worst condition of working because that's the way it is. And I prefer to, the Madonna's way is the way that I prefer, obviously. I could write a book, but, you know, I have to wait all dead because I, you know, otherwise I have to, confidentially, there are things that I can't say. So, I mean, when, I'm sure, I mean, and we would all be like dying for your book. When did you parlay your experience into making a product line? There was another love that I had beside the artistry was the making of the product. That was an aspect of the job that I was looking for. I was cooking a little bit, making my own recipe, putting some yellow in my foundation, mixing things. I mean, like, you know, doing like the little... Uh, mad scientists at home. You know, it's a dream of every makeup artist to have their own line, of course, and make your own color. I don't think I was unique that way. So that part interested me as well. Just not, I'm going in studio and I guess also I was tired of traveling, which I little I knew that I would travel even more with my brand. But mm. I, I thought I would be, I saw myself in the lab creating product. I mean, this is the vision that I had which was all wrong, of course, because I did go there, but I travel even more than I used to, touring the, 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 the world to show the brand, literally. But it was all an incredible experience, for sure. I think I was ready to do something different. You were just ready for a change in your for life. For change and going into that part of the industry, the color, which is my first learning but you know what's interesting? I just was thinking about this now. Like when you came out with your line, I'm thinking about the other lines that were out there. You were one of the first big makeup artist brands. There were other makeup artist brands at the time too. Yeah, this was 1996. 1996. Right? You had Francois. Francois Nars had come yeah. had already come out with his brand as well. But there, but it wasn't what it is now. That's my larger point. It wasn't like. Now I feel like a makeup artist is successful for five years. They have a big Instagram following and the natural follow-up question probably from their agent or their followers is, when are you coming out of the line? It's a natural... Yes, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to attempt to say the word, part of their trajectory, but I don't think it was very expected. I think it was 
And that was kind of un- not unusual. It was a ve- it, it filled a gap in the market. It had a very specific point of view. You had a one, I don't know if it was your intention to have a hero product, but if you could strip down what is Laura Mercier Cosmetics about, you have a lot of different products now, but you were very clear about complexion. You had the secret camouflage and the tinted moisturizer. I mean, Jen and I probably like, how many times did we write about the tinted moisturizer? How many times did we put that in our stories, Jen? Yeah. Well, also for a long time, you couldn't get products like that from any other line. What gave you the inspiration to do those two products? The, the camouflage is really basically the reason to to be for the line. That's what I was using in my makeup case. That was the basic of my technique. I was kind of known for makeup, no makeup. I mean, meaning perfecting the skin to the point it doesn't look like makeup, but it looks perfect. So It just gave me the idea that we couldn't find something like that on the market. All you had to hide a pimple or scar or redness was a concealer. That was the idea for the line? That was the idea for the line. So when my partner approached me, I said, okay, at that point in my career, I want to do it my way. So if you don't want to do it my way, I'm not interested. So I want to go to the lab and I have hero product that I want to bring out. It's going to be challenging because it's more makeup artistry. So we're going to need to educate women. It's going to need to be demonstrated. It's not something that you pick up on the counter and you go. But, okay, she said, okay. We went for it. I went to the lab, literally doing the foundation. I mean, we came out with 150 products the first year in 18 months, exactly. And camouflage was part of that. And if I knew at the time how challenging it's been to demonstrate the camouflage, but at the same time, The reward today is that our client learned. They were willing to learn and they did. And we have the most beautiful story around that camouflage. It would take too much time to tell the stories, but it really shows that there was a a true interest for something that didn't exist. And that responded to some needs. Women who had issues on their skin were able to actually camouflage these issues without putting a kilo of foundation trying to hide. (laughs) And that just by itself made their life different and new. And so the witnessing part of that success was unbelievable. People wrote letters. People came back to the store and said, oh my God. I mean, it was really, some people cried because they looked at themselves, they had a burn on their face. And they said, I can go out and not be ashamed because or self-conscious about it. You saved my life. Or I mean, so many stories. So this, to me, confirmed that I was doing this brand for a reason, which became the first reason in a way that I was going to make women happy and confident because I know what it is not to have confidence in in ourselves, and that's a handicap for life. If all of a sudden, to uh, with any tool, with sport, with diet, with anything, you can get more confidence in your life. You're going to go further. You're going to be able to evaluate in a different way. So, to me, makeup is not futile. It's something that is absolutely part of the well-being for a woman. And I'm thinking the same way today, even more so. So that brand was not just like a little fashion moment, has never been for me. It had a more profound goal, 
which I think today, seeing the reputation and what people think of it, I'm like, wow, I surprised myself. know if the invitations have started coming in for you, but we're about to enter what I like to call what kind of underpinnings should I wear to your wedding season? That's right. We probably all have some cute new dresses for weddings and events coming up this spring. And I'll tell you what needs to go under them. Honey love. I am not about to squeeze my way through another person's wedding in uncomfortable shapewear that rolls up. I got the Honey Love Super Power Short. Full disclosure, I also wore it on New Year's Eve because I had on sequins and I wanted everything to lay smooth. And that's what Honey Love does. The Super Power Shorts have targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts without squeezing your curves, and you won't have to worry about the waist rolling down thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. The Honey Love Super Power Short also gives your butt a nice lift. The shorts have these built-in boost bands that give everything a subtle, comfortable, let's just say boost. We're not talking unbelievable plastic surgery levels of butt lifting, just a little zhuzh. And as you know, Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras. How many times have Jess and I talked about the bras? They also have tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara. Move with confidence thanks to Honeylove. Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing. The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it perfect two-in-one for me. Totally. The scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's cold press cacay oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love. But to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Cherosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, mm, 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 sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code MASCARA10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code MASCARA10 for 10% off. Guys, I have to admit, I like a little bit of luxury, but I don't want to just buy one luxurious item. I want to buy several things. And that's where Quince comes in. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach so I can buy a couple of things. Yeah, you don't like a little bit of luxury. You like a lot of bit of luxury. Okay, it is a lot. I guess you're right, you're right. 
Load up your cart though. At Quince, it's totally fine. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk. They partner direct with top factories, so they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings along to you and us. And me, for example, I mean, how many things have I bought from Quince? My latest acquisition is the European linen sheet set. I wanted to jump on that whole linen sheet trend. I want to just feel like Cleopatra. And they have so many great colors. It's breathable, feels luxurious, but doesn't cost luxury prices. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash fatmascara for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash fatmascara to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. You said you were shy, though, and here's your name everywhere on all these products. Do you ever meet people who are like, oh, you're a real person? Oh, my God. It happens. I mean, it's very unpretentiously. I'm certainly not a big star by all means, but believe it or not, it, it happens quite often that I'm in a store purchasing something, and when they see the name, they said, oh, it's funny. You have this cosmetic company that I'm saying, mm-hmm. And say, it's not you, right? It's you? You mean you, you the Laura Mercier? I mean, it was, it's, it's just funny. It happened in the plane with the stewardess. I mean, like it happens. It's usually wherever they see my name, they just question. They heard it. So they wonder. Do you think that part of that is because you don't put yourself out there? Oh, I don't do it on purpose. I'm not cultivating the secret thing as a strategy. I truly had a handicap in my life that I didn't want to show myself. So working in studio, trying to make something of myself, using my talent. If I had, if I had a little talent in my hand, then I was going to try to see what I could do as long as people would not look at me and judge just what this I did. This is so crazy because like you're, she's like, I feel like I'm a cheerleader, but I'm like, you're the whole package, Laura. Like, she's talented. She's beautiful. She is obviously smart in business. You're, like, lovely to be around. But what do you mean? Like, tell me more about this handicap, because I think this is very relatable. That is very sweet of you, but I've learned. I've learned. (laughs) She's like, well, I don't care. (laughs) No, but I mean. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, also, I know. But yeah. (laughs) Keep going. No, no, I've learned. I've learned. I've I've done my homework. I was brought up this way. Mm -hmm. The education was basically, you don't pay compliment. There is no compliments. Like uh, you come back from school and you say, oh, I got a B. And she said, yeah, well, why didn't you get an A? And everything is like that. I mean, you're too fat. You don't dress well. You don't know how to do your hair. I mean, it's like constant judgment and never building confidence. And the three girls, my two sisters and I, were brought the same way. We're very different, but we were all handicapped in one way or another <laughs> because we were not given confidence. And that stayed with me in a way that I thought, how unfortunate. This is the first thing you have to give to a kid, no matter how your kid is. If you don't say to your kid you love him or her and she or he is beautiful and whatever she or he does well, we should acknowledge, then you are naked with no tool 
to take life in your own hand. You're going to have a gap. So I finally decided to move to the state because I thought I'm going to stay away from my family. I have to be born again. I have to build mm. Laura. First of all, I changed my name. They changed it at this at this aesthetician school where I learned aesthetic, the Carita school. They changed my name. They gave me Laura. So Michelle was gone. So my birth name was gone. And I could be a different person. So I came to America as a Laura. And I was by myself, living in a little tiny studio, a shitty studio with cockroaches everywhere and mice. I mean, literally having my foot on, on the floor in the middle of the, of the studio because I thought the mice are going to go all around. They're not going to pass in my hair. <laughs> I mean, this is like, I'm just laughing today, but it is what was great experience at the same yeah. time. But I was going to build my life from scratch. And I had to do that by myself because no one could do it for me. So it was hard work. It was really starting over, doing catalogs and not having an apartment, living with someone, sharing co-location because you don't have enough money to do that. Then people pay you when they think about it. Sometimes they don't pay you at all. You go through agency who take your money and don't give you the money. You go through everything that's possible and you learn. And you learn the hard way, which today my philosophy is, if you don't get through harsh experience, you don't grow, okay? You know mm. what we say, what this stuff makes you grow even better. And that's true. So it was not easy. It was fabulous because I did it. And all of a sudden, it was not about me being ugly and fat and stupid and not able to do anything. It was about... Me being someone living, breathing, having two hands, two legs, a head, and the little talent that I had, I was going to try to experiment and become a better person, the best I could. I never dreamt of being famous, never dreamt of having money, never dreamt of all that. And it just happened. It sounds like you've been through such a big evolution, hard one that you worked on. Are there still things where you feel out of your comfort zone or fear, feel little Michelle coming back and <laughs> whispering in your ear? When I went back to France, I became the little Michelle again. I went back to France four years ago, actually when COVID happened. Of course, everybody was closing offices. And then I was in France when the confinement, everybody was confined. We couldn't travel anymore. And then I said, okay, this is it. I have to take a decision. I'm back in France. I'm an old cookie now. I'm going to, I'm on the age of retirement, basically. I have to choose my country. It's enough. New York is over for me. And the, the line had been just bought out. I didn't know what I could expect. So I took the decision and then I, uh, here I am back with my family. I lost my mom three weeks ago. And I'm so sorry. that's that's okay. She was 91 years old. And mm -hmm. you think, okay, dad is gone, mom is gone, and my older sister's gone. So I'm left with one sister and my nephew and nieces. This is my family now. And then I still don't feel at home for some reason. The little Michelle, the little demons came back because there is a lot of jealousy around me. Like I've mm. become somebody and who am I? Like they mm. know Michelle, they don't really know Laura. I was away right. for 38 years. 
I was not around mm. for 38 years. And so that creates a, a big uncomfort uh, within my family. I'm having a, a little bit of a tough time over there. But hey, I'll work that out. It's going to be fine. <laughs> what do you use to help you when you have moments like that? Any practice or? I use my American side. Ah, <laughs> what does she do? I'm very proud to say that I am a Franco-American. I am a citizen of America and, uh, yeah. and, and happy to be in the sense that, you know, you know it better than other people. It's about positivity, hard work, convincing yourself that, of course, you can do it. Sure. And the fact that I've worked on myself for so long in uh, through therapy, through meditation, through Buddhism learning, through metaphysic, I see the world now with a different eye. It's not about me and complaining about me anymore. Who cares? Me, fat me, ugly me. Who cares about you? Put your ego on the side and look at yeah. how beautiful life is and look at the positive side. When did you get into Buddhism? I would say about 10 years ago. Well, did somebody open your eyes I was to it? Like always interested in it, always reading metaphysical book, always into metaphysics. Why are we here? I mean, what's the purpose yeah. here? I mean, basically, I want to mm -hmm. understand. And through all this learning experience, I, you know, I met, I, I went to real teaching. I, I met a, a Buddhist nun who actually created her own temple. And I've learned and read and talked. And it was like a, a discovery by itself of looking at life a different way. I'm actually finishing a, a Tina Turner's book, who she wrote about Buddhism saving her. And it's very interesting. Obviously, it's, yes, sure, it makes you look at life differently. So it's not about the religion. It's not about a sect. This is not my thing. So I'm not into the, the rituals, we'll say. It's the philosophy. I love that philosophy. You're here for a purpose, and then you go on to many lives after that, and death is just a passage, which I love. So what would you say then your purpose in this life has been so far? And then we're going to have to ask you about beauty products afterwards. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to. The purpose of life to... and then? <laughs> no, what would you say your purpose is? is it... I know, everybody has a purpose, no matter what. I mean, there is a purpose for everyone. Even if you don't see it, it's there. Learning how to love myself and be grateful that I have the luck of being a human being on this planet and have this life, which is already quite wonderful, even though you go through tough time. This is what you're supposed to do in order to learn. If you don't go through tough tests and bad moments, you're, not, you're never going to learn anything. If you're spoiled all your life, and you'll see it in spoiled people who are more lucky than some others, mm -hmm. they don't really see life in the right way. Their, vi totally. their vision is not right, in fact. So the, the, the more you suffer... <laughs> the better you become and you have to happy about it. Yeah. Well, we don't want you to suffer too much. We don't want anyone to suffer too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So we do have to ask you some beauty questions because I, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are dying to hear your take on it, given that you're just a, an icon. Tell us about the industry has sped up so much more and, you know, products and trends are going so quickly. I mean, you've, you've seen so much. Like, what is your take on the industry right now? Is there anything that excites you or do you kind of feel like bored by it? It's overwhelming. It's oversaturated for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this social media thing has a very good side and very bad side, as we all know. Women are confused out there, I can tell you that. If it's to have a brand for a moment, to me, it makes no sense. If a brand has a purpose, that brand will remain. And I just uh, look at it this way. Who cares? If you want to try, sure, do it. And there are people that are talented and have great ideas, actually, really. And you wish they would stay on and they would have the opportunity to stay longer. So I have no criticism for that. I'm just thinking of the client out there. What is she going to understand with all this? After that, it's a choice of everyone. I think we're still here because we still carry the same message. If you're consistent in what you believe in, and if you think you can still continue to bring something to the world out there in terms of cosmetic, well, and if you try to do it very well and do it your best, then you, you'll you have longevity. I just thought of this question on the fly. This is not something that Jen and I discussed. Is there a makeup artist brand besides your own that you admire? What I have loved in makeup artist brand is when they brought their own personality. When Francois came out with his brand, it was him. I know him. This, his brand illustrated exactly who he is. Fashion, fashion show, colors. like, uh, And I love that he represents really the makeup artist personality. If you look at Charlotte Tilbury, it's her. This is who she is. The time we had other... And what is that? Like, I mean, yeah. most people listen to the show Gle- know Gleeps who she and is. glamour. You know, it's all about her. Darling. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she's a sweetie. But it, this is who she is. And I like that she's outgoing with what she believes in and she go for it. She goes for it. I like that. Instead of just creating a brand, just take a piece of the market and just sell a bunch of color. If you go with a, a reason to be because this is you, I mean, go for it. And Kevin O'Quinn, I mean, bless his heart, I, I used to admire him as a makeup artist. But it, it, he also had in his brand, uh, particularly at the beginning, product that represented what he did in his technique. And I like that. Which product are you referring oh, to? For example, he had like a, a, a superb creamy camouflage concealer, which I absolutely adored. He came out with a product that really served what he did as a, as, as a makeup artist. And I like that. I like when there is a point of view. And what would they say is your point of view? What is Laura Mercier if we ask Charlotte? Oh, I don't know what she would say. What would you say? The way I see mine, I think, yes, it's true that it's complexion. I've always been obsessed with complexion. But not just complexion. I mean, I love everything else. And I'm dying to show that we also about colors and other things. But yes, probably everybody is remembering Laura Mercier for camouflage and and foundation and tinted moisturizer and primer. Anything that touches the skin is definitely our forte, I would say. Laura, you mentioned all of the fabulous complexion products. 
But what we did not mention, you want to be known for that, and you are known for that, you were also a trend forecaster when it came to body. And, and fragrance. Yes, the gourmand trend. We were t- we've been talking about pistachio, by the way, on the podcast. It came up as this is a fragrance trend. Wow. And like, how many years ago did you make a pistachio perfume? Oh my like, god! My parents lived in like three houses before that. <laughs> like they've been like, like, exactly. Like, well, don't forget, not just pistachio, tart citron, creme, creme brulee. brulee. Okay, we still have almond coconut that has not <gasps> gone. Gorgeous. I mean, it was supposed to be pajama sense. I mean, no one has ever understood the purpose of coming out with creme brulee was not, we were not supposed to go to work with creme brulee whatsoever. Uh, uh. It was supposed to be <laughs> cocooning a scent for home. Pajama scents. Oh my Pajama God, I scent Where your kids and your husband can bathe in it and you go to bed and it smells good. Like, like if you bake a vanilla cake, basically, but not going to work with creme brulee, which became like this crazy frenzy about Everybody would smell creme brulee. I was like horrified. <laughs> it bothers you that we took, we really liked your gourmand idea. We took it to work. We it, took it to the streets. <laughs> I, I, I never thought it would be so popular that way. And I was like That's eager funny. to move on to different scents, fresh and green yeah. and lemony. And, and no one would let me do that. No, 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 no. People love it. We've got to have. No one would let you. I mean, the they wouldn't let me have any <laughs> other thing. And, and no, bless them. I'm, 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 I'm super happy that it was such a hit, but it was a surprise. Oh my God, that's so funny. Sorry, I couldn't I couldn't move on until we address this. What do you yeah, what success. do you wear? Which is there a fragrance that's like your signature scent? Well, I have signature scent for fragrances. Now for body mm. and bath, finally I did a narrowly, which I love. I and you know, we moved on from gourmand, although we kept some. We have amber vanille. I love amber. I'm, I'm I'm a big amber person. I love rose amber. Of course, in America, everybody hates rose. I love rose, but these are not commercial scents. But amber vanille is nice because it's soft and sensuous. Yeah, they're they're delicious. So I good. love that. So funny. Thank you. Well, before I do this Fat Mascara 5, one more. I just have to ask you about products. How about of your line? Like, is there a signature lipstick or like the, the sleeper hit that's Lara's favorite that you just keep in the line for you? Oh, for me, personally, I always have my shade done one way or another. So in our Petal Soft Crayon for the Lip, I have one that's called Laura, and that's my shade. That's It's you. a brown red. All right. Okay. You ready for this now? Jess, are you done? You I'm, have any more I'm sorry. I'm done. I just, I just had to, <laughs> to talk to you all day. Yeah. So funny. Okay. Well, we have a couple more questions. So what's, these are quicker ones. What's your proudest accomplishment, Laura? To have become meaningful in life. So somehow. And I know you have such an art background and I was thinking about art when I was preparing for this. What's a work of fine art that has moved you the most? Like you saw this artwork and you had a deep experience with it. I am very inspired by artwork, many, many type. I think I was stuck, stuck very much with the Impressionist. The Impressionist, that's a period in the painting era that has inspired me very, very much for many things. I could see that. It comes out in your makeup work too. I could totally see that. Okay, whose makeup would you like to do that you haven't done yet? Whose face do you want to paint? To be honest with you, 
I don't have a wish of doing anybody anymore. I'm, I just, uh, I'm just very proud of the career I had because I ended up by only doing who I loved to do because I could. And I have a very deep in my heart are special people that I have done a lot, like Julia Robert and Sarah Jessica Parker, who have been uh, not only fabulous professional actresses and, uh, and, and stars, but uh, fabulous human beings. And in my work, that counts a lot. I mean, it's just not about doing the next cookie in town who's going to be the big star for this or this reason, is what kind of human being is she? And I was very spoiled to have been able and flattered and, and, and lucky to have worked with these uh, women. Okay, this is an easy one, maybe. What is your favorite dessert? Oh, gosh, don't get me there. I should not have any ever, which... Uh, <laughs> That's little Michelle talking. Shut yeah. her up. What is what is Laura? <laughs> okay. What does Laura want to eat? Laura loves strawberry shortcake, app, oh, apple yeah. tart. I have an entire list. We can talk later if you want. <laughs> I I mean we've smelled your perfume, so I knew you had a sweet tooth. <laughs> of course I do. But I wanted to see. <gasps> I do. Okay. And last last question: What do you need for a good night's sleep? Like what what makes you sleep well and get your beauty sleep at the end of the day? A bath is still my favorite ritual. A bath, it helps me unwind. A good meditation moment. Yeah. And quiet, nice music, a good book. I'm still very attached to my book and certainly not on the computer. I am a dinosaur. Just everybody knows. I'm <laughs> a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur and, and, and I don't know if I'm proud of it, but no matter what, there is nothing I can do. I... I'm not a technology person. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I hate it with a passion. Stop with these words. I don't like these. <laughs> Do not use these words, Laura. No, you're right. You're not a dinosaur. You're always relevant. Oh, I'm, yeah. I can be relevant, but in a very concrete way. Technology doesn't talk to me. You know yes. what? I'm not big on it either. Oh, you not? Yeah. Look at no. you. Look at you. No, I'm not that big on it. Look at you with a podcast, Jess. <laughs> that is funny. We figured it's a it necessary out. Yeah. evil. It's a necessary evil. It is a necessary evil. Yeah. And I feel lucky yeah. I don't have to do it. Yeah. yeah. You've got people. Well, we're, so, we're so grateful that you chose to do a little technology yeah. today to be Thank here with you. us. Thank you so much for such a wonderful interview. I heard of you and the podcast and certainly very flattered that you have me. Oh my God, oh, you're a thank queen. You, Laura. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I know. I love what you do. It's so smart. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. 
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.